0: The Monday, night in 12 hours. Well, yeah, a little over 12 hours since the, the end of last night's game. And it is not feeling any bit better um, with this loss to the Jets. In fact, I might even be feeling a little bit worse. But thank you so much for tuning into our live show. Um, this is Horse Tracks Live. We right now we're live over on Twitch, that's twitch.tv forward slash mhr underscore live. Um, and I could see some people popping into the chat here on Instagram as well um, because of what I figure I do. You know, if I'm running the Instagram, I might as well go live on there as well so we can. Doing a little double dip. Oh, and already set. Oh, Okay, we've been live for like 30 seconds and we already got a fire hack it. This is awesome. This is the day that we're going to have and I am all here for this. Um, so, I'll be doing my best um, to be able to pay attention to both uh, my, my phone here um, and the uh, Instagram live chat as well as the Twitch live chat. I'm going to uh, be bouncing back and forth here. So, I promise guys, I'll do my best. Um, and uh, just if I miss you, I, I guess just spam the instagram because i'll see it eventually uh but essentially what we're going to be covering today um is kind of next day feelings about the game i have some conversation talking points on hacking don't worry about that Um, in fact i went really in depth so, um on our latest horse tracks that dropped earlier this morning um uh, so earlier i think that they all dropped at 4 a.m you can find us on spotify apple podcast and you get your podcast and this live show will not only be um have the um recap version over on twitch but we'll also be downloading the audio version and putting that up on our podcasting platforms as well um so I went pretty in-depth on the Hackett and a couple really key stats that were indicators of how bad the offense was yesterday and why the offense didn't have any success besides Hackett's play calling, of course. Um, so so we got that going on. Um, but... There's a couple, I'll, I'll just repeat some of these stats when I get into the Hackett stuff. We're going to be covering quotes from the game from both Hackett, and I want to pull one from the defense with the Jones Griffith. Um, and we're going to take a look at some stats that show that how historically bad this offense is. Um, it's really similar to a season that the Broncos have had before. So this is just going to be another case of history repeating itself. Um Right now, there are four players that the Broncos have received trade calls for. Um, So we're going to be going over that possible uh, compensation for them and the realistic... Chances of them actually being traded away from the Broncos um, and just some of the latest news that we have coming out of the uh, the Broncos team over the last 12 hours. Um, but like I said, thank you guys so much for hopping in today. This is awesome. This is you guys are why I love these Monday mornings so much. It's definitely not because um, it. I, we don't really get many Victory Mondays anymore, so I'm just happy to have you guys here. Um, so we're going ahead and, and take... I know, we thought Vance Joseph was bad. Yeah, uh, I thought Vic Fangio was bad too, um, but we we have this. So... Did I just... No sound. I, the mic's on. Okay. What, what, what we got going on here? Um, they're dealing with something on the, on the, uh, Instagram front here, Twitch. Get better, Aaron. Ah, dude, my Aaron, that's fine. This is lame. You know what? All right, you know what? It, it, it kind of is what it is. It'd be like that. Yeah, I know. There's sound here on Twitch, but on the Instagram, they're, they're saying that there's no sound, which, and they're calling out my Instagram. So I, I really don't understand this. Um, you know, whatever. I guess we just got to bail, um. on on the whole Instagram front huh just gonna give them a word over on Instagram alright well Yeah, well, I guess we're bailing on the Instagram front, and we are just going on Twitch. So shout out to you guys if you're catching here. Uh, If they really want to watch something live, they'll head on over to Twitch right now. Uh, (laughs) I gave them the heads up. Man, that's... Man, I, I've been live before on Instagram. I wonder why it's just giving me some issues today. It really, I, I think Zuck over there really does not want to hear anything about the Denver Broncos. Apparently, that uh, violates the terms and conditions, so they just muted me. That is what it is. We're, we're going to all conspiracy theory here uh, because that's the kind of day we're having. But let's go ahead and roll into a... Right? <laughs> right? <here. laughs> Tim, bro, it, it, it's it's... I I don't blame him. I really don't blame the Zuck for giving us... Just really telling us to Zuck off right there. Uh, (laughs) Fine. Message message received, buddy. We'll just stay on Twitch until you eventually buy that too. And we'll be stuck with... I think Facebook does have their own streaming. I don't know, man. I I, I hate Facebook. Eventually, everything's going to be done through the metaverse. And we're all just going to have to deal with it. Uh, But... One thing I want to start here for today. so, So... Think this. Let's get fully going to this. Um, I had some thoughts on Hackett. I talked about this last night, and I I kinda I want to make something clear here, and, and something that we should all do as fans. Here's here's Ross skating on his little soapbox on on a Monday morning, okay? I'm not better than you guys. Please do not take it that way. This is and I'm not saying that you specifically are doing this, but of course there's fans that do this, and I want to avoid the perception of me doing this as well. Because First things first, really, like, um, I kind of feel bad. I kind of feel bad for Nate Hackett. I'm going to be honest here. I know that's a controversial thing to say, and, and so just hear me out. But I kind of feel bad for Nate Hackett. Um, this was, and this kind of was a feeling that came over me after I finished recording uh, the podcast from last night, um, which of course is now live anywhere you catch a podcast from. Just basic Broncos versus Jets reaction. And I went in on the play calling in, or lack, lack thereof play calling ability from Nate Hackett. So I just want to make sure we're all on the same page here. It is perfectly okay to go into, like, if you're talking about an NFL player or a coach. Keep on the field stuff. I am going in on Nick Hackett as a NFL head coach. All right, I'm going in as his abilities as a play caller. One thing we will always remain from is actually going after the person themselves. I don't like the personal attacks. I think they're really stupid. They're really cheesy. And I think they're just in poor taste every single time. Um, so let's go ahead. And I, I'm, like I said, I'm not saying that you guys are doing this, but um specifically but let's, let's just go ahead and re- refrain from that because i like i said it's gonna be a controversial thing to say but i think as fans and as people we need to have a little sympathy for what nate hack is going through here this is a guy that is over his head um when <laughs> yeah right damn um the, it, it, he's he probably is a little bit in over his head right now I don't think he was right to be a NFL head coach, a play caller for the first time too. I mean, this is really like he wasn't really caught plays with the Packers, so he stepping into a play calling role and a head coaching level for a historically great NFL franchise that has been in the dumps ever since that 2015-16 Super Bowl season, and is slowly trying to make their way back to relevance. And they are having a very, very difficult time of doing so. He came to a position where there was a lot of expectations, especially with Russell Wilson. And he has not lived up to them. So this is why I think the Broncos should move on from Hackett, whether it be now or the end of the season. We'll, we'll talk about that um, here in a second. Um, but, I, I, yeah, like, like kind of like Tim says there in the chat, you don't need to attack him on the personal level. There's plenty to go after on the professional level. So I think we just have to um, just be a little sympathetic to his position if if we all can. Uh it's really tough. And I I think he's probably a great guy, probably a nice person to to be around. Um, But that's not, I'm not excusing his inability and ineptitude as an NFL head coach, Um, nor his response after the game that has frustrated me and tons of Broncos fans everywhere as well. Um, Like I said, I'll be able to get to those in just a minute. I mean, just kind of going general thoughts about the game. I gave most of them. Um, But like I said, promise to you guys, I was going to give this live chat some stats as well that came from the Broncos game Um, and the two ones that really kind of curious me the most or the ones that are the most showing to me is the Broncos had 31 or they excuse me in total they had 32 uh, first down plays uh, against the Jets. And in total, they only gained about three point. So out of those 32, they gained about 4.6 yards per play um, on first down. But if you take away that first down play where they had the 45 uh, yard completion to Jerry Judy, that average in 31 first down plays only goes it goes all the way down to 3.3. So on average, the Broncos had 3.3 yards um To gain or or they gained 3.3 yards on first down, setting themselves in second, seven on average, not a great spot to be in, especially if we want to take a look at the third down stuff. The Broncos completed five for six, they were, um, there are five for 60 on third down, and on average, those 16 plays, they had about 6.75 yards to gain for the first down. Once again, the Broncos were on average at third and six, third and seven throughout the whole game. Now, that's just putting your team in an po- impossible position to succeed, especially when you're having a backup quarterback on less than a week's preparation step in and throw the ball 46 times. Um, especially the horrible play calling, where after, I-, I believe it was after the second half, you know, the first six plays the Broncos for the Broncos in the second half, they were all passing plays. Like, what are we doing here? It's like they're purposely trying to put the Broncos and the the players in a position to lose. They're not putting them in positions to succeed, which is the bare minimum thing you have to do as a coach, especially in the NFL. Um, And so it's just frustrating to see this offense, I guess, try and fail so, so often, Uh, especially it sucks having that spark taken away when we potential scoop and score, right? Almost had defensive touchdown, but that gets taken back. So it's all just a lot of stuff boiling on that creates frustration. Also, the, um, to go along with that third down stat, the Broncos had three um, uh, fourth down attempts. Uh, they convert, they were successful on one of them. And on average, they're around four and a half yards to gain for the first down on those fourth downs. So you're looking about seven yards to gain on third downs and about four 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 and a half yards to five yards to gain on fourth downs. All of those just spell disaster, and I, I think that is one the, the biggest thing that I was taking a look at here. I mean, we've all been, last couple of weeks, been talking about how vital it is for the Broncos to have a success on first down, which is something that is almost impossible for them to do. So that just goes to show you where they were in this situation and in this game. Um, and then you, know, so we we saw this. Um, uh, we'll give credit to uh, Broncos three hundred and sixty five or at Daily Broncos over on Twitter. And I just want to talk about this, a little idea that they had when it comes to media coaching um, changes to be made. Uh, One, they talked about firing uh, the offensive coach Justin Alden um, and then taking away play-calling duties from Hackett and then promoting Clint Kubiak to offensive coordinator and to have him call plays. And I really agree with him here, like he says. Um, Probably not going to fix everything, but at least it can't (laughs) – uh, I don't know if I if I want to commit to saying that it can't get worse, because I I think the Broncos can find a way to still make that happen, <laughs> because they've been impressive in every factor when it comes to sucking. Um, so and that that's just where I'm at with this team right now. I think this is all solid ideas. It looks like Alden hasn't been able to do a thing with the offense. And obviously, I think a lot of the blame goes to Hackett. Uh, of course, when it comes to play calling, Alden isn't um, isn't calling the plays here. But also him sleeping at the facility for the last, what, five weeks? And apparently, he doesn't have anything to show for it in the uh, that's the interesting thing, man. I mean, if you guys are going, just go home, go sleep in your own bed. Maybe change something. Maybe that will make this Broncos um, team actually good. Is the coach is not sleeping at the facility? All right, that's seems like a little much to me. Uh, it, and that's one of the quotes that came from last night's game. I, I played that in in this morning's podcast. Um, just kind of to, to recap, if you didn't catch it, Hackett um, essentially said that. Um, the, that the whole or staff assesses their situation right um this is on and in, in talking about play calling um in fact let me go ahead and, and bring up the exact quote for you so i don't butcher it um and so that you guys get the full kind of um thoughts on on this one as well um this is one is different from the whole i'm sick of being up here and saying the same thing over and over again um that's kind of your fault so uh Change something so you're not sick of it, uh, but on um, if you'll surrender play calling, uh, he says, "quote I think we'll always look at everything. I always look at myself first and foremost. If there's something that we all agree that I might hold the team back or anything like that, sure. I don't think it's the case. I think there are plays to to be had there. I think we have been in and out of the huddle. Everything with communication has been really good." But we'll look at everything, uh, end quote. Um, so, yeah, you know, to give him credit on that quote, the Broncos have gotten better at eliminating their delay of game penalties that were just killing them the first handful of games of the season. But at the same time, he always looks himself first and foremost, apparently. And if there's something that they can all agree that he might be holding the team back on, then he will give give a play calling, but he doesn't think that's the case. Um, that's clearly the case. He's clearly holding the team back here, and uh, I just think it's just a bit of ineptitude uh, when it comes to this. Just not being able to see your own failures. This is almost, I mean. Remember- talking a lot about urban meyer in terms of just really bad coaching decisions you know i I guess to hackett's credit we shouldn't compare him to urban meyer because he's not out here trying to get with other women when he is a married man so i know that's a very very low standard all right but he's still exceeding it let's give him a little bit of credit there jeez urban meyer bro that oh that was still such uh, so bad so bad. I don't think uh, the Hackett hire is as bad as that one um, because it's really hard to to get that low there. But in terms of, uh, I guess, on-field performance, yeah, yeah, we could say that. But yes, Hackett, you are getting in the way it is the case and you should be relieved from play-calling duties at the the least. And I'm just so confused. Like, what has Jerry Roseburg been doing the last couple weeks at least the last couple weeks they brought him on to essentially help hack it when it comes to game situations game management and stuff like that but it doesn't seem like at least on the surface i can't see things behind the scenes but it doesn't i don't think he's doing anything his hire really hasn't helped much i am just really confused on what exactly he's doing if it I really want to go all conspiracy theories, just money laundering, all right? It's just a way for him to make it look like he's making money where on the side, he's actually doing something nefarious. I don't know, man. I, I don't know what Roseburg is doing. I don't know the purpose of him when the Broncos still have this insane amount of ineptitude on the offensive side of the football and the the... And when it comes to, like, game management and decision-making, it looks like it's still hacking doing that because the same one decided to kick a 56-yard field goal when it's windy out. All right. Uh, that That's a dumb choice in, in its own right. Or just going these play calls on fourth down, like fourth and ten. Or, you have a fourth and three and decide to huck it down the field and call a deep pass, I I, I don't know. I I genuinely would love to hear from from jerry to see what he is doing and to see if he has any impact on this game at all because right now it just seems like this guy that came out of retirement to get some free broncos gear and some new clothes and be able to sit in a heated box all right that i really don't know i don't know uh but uh one thing that we're going to move to next here is we're just going to take a look at a couple of quotes that i pulled from the post um from the press conferences, post game, and just kind of uh, talk about some maybe troubling things. Um, but before we get into that, I want to just take a look at the chat here. Um, Tag says he'll be in London next week. Twelve, <laughs> I can call the place from there. Or at least call like, appropriate names. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe it's just just pushing my hard part stuff away from here. Maybe refrain from the name calling on on Hackett. Maybe that's not the best look. Uh, but at the same time, you know what? I I, t- I said this uh, in one of our in one of my podcasts last week that I I feel like if you took if you put 15 plays on on a piece of paper, all right, and you had a let's let's give him Hackett a little if you had a two year old toddler just randomly pointing to plays on that sheet that the Broncos' offense will have more success and better flow than it currently does with hacky conkings things, at least.
1: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Give Hackett credit like I did uh, on on the podcast earlier. Um, His scripted plays like the first quarter last couple of games they've had legit success in the first quarter when they're scripting their plays scripting their drives but it when it comes to him having to go off the cuff and just and call plays as the game progress it's abysmal it, it's 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 not good at all and of course we already know that so tag i feel like you'll be better than that two-year-old toddler just picking out random plays so thank you um give it give us a shot see see what we can do here (laughs) oh boy i i I really think you could just yell and the broncos might be able to have better success man maybe maybe work your way i mean row 12 that's pretty close to the field just maybe slowly just try to inch your way down and then eventually you'll get onto the sideline you put on one of those really just bad looking hats that that the nfl has this year those sideline caps suck you know the one broncos afc and those are just that that's bad But if you just put on one of those, maybe put on a little hoodie. Heck, you, you might be able to fit right in on, on that sideline. So you just work your way on over to Hackett's headset and then rip it off of him and start to take things over. There we go. That's our master plan here. Uh, I don't know what, what British security looks like. I know American security is also pretty bad. When you, I mean, mostly it's players that have to tackle these guys and not the security. So maybe it's different in, in, in England there. Maybe they're better trained from soccer streakers. I really don't know. I'm just kind of kind of talking out at my rear right now I know nothing about England and I know nothing about soccer I, all I know is that it's a bad sport and we should all just watch real football there we go that's all um, but now let's move into the quotes here um, and hack it uh, on the uh, okay so there's you know obviously a horrible pass interference call and, and, and even if thanks Um <laughs> I'm not talking about the play itself here. I'm talking about Hackett's reaction and why this is maybe a troubling quote here. So Hackett was um, asked on if he witnessed a pass interference on um, Quan Williams. He said, quote, I did not get to see it. I was getting ready for the next drive. I heard everybody screaming and yelling though. So I'll be able to check on that tape and see how it was, end quote. So why I think this is a telling and possibly distressing quote as well is because Hackett, who's already shown ineptitude just to be an offensive coordinator, has all of these responsibilities. This new coach with all these responsibilities—he's trying to serve. Normally, it's the it's the OC that will, and I can tell from experience. Where, I mean, just watching a crap ton of games and knowing, but also playing—it's the after uh, offense drive. It's typically the offensive coordinator that goes on over, preps for the next drive, um, or maybe one of the position coaches if your coordinator is up there in the box. Um, So it's not the head coach that goes on over to the team that tries to get things um, in, in right for the next drive, that goes over the drive with the players as well, that's over there on the bench on the sideline. That head coach has to be watching the game at all times because he's not the head of the offense. He's the head of the entire team. And I know I'm just saying this most Basic, simple stuff that you guys all know. I'm 100% confident you know this. But this is just, that, that's the basics. It, but also, this is the Broncos. They don't know what the basics are, apparently. So, it, Haka has to delegate, right? Is he not delegating? Is he trying to do everything himself? Because you're the head coach. You should be seeing what's happening on the field at all times. You shouldn't be missing a play ever. There's barely an excuse for that one. You're the guy. You're the man. You're the one running everything. We need to know. You need to know what, what's going on there. So this is just another reason why Hackett should give a play calling and why he should be delegating a little bit more to this coaching staff. Does he not? Okay, now this is probably just me reading into it a little bit too much and giving some really crappy like click baby headline. But here it is. Hackett does not trust his coaching staff. There we go. There's the inference we can make here please don't run with that it's not uh it it might be true but i haven't really seen much evidence besides this um let's not let's not run with that but there we go there's there's your clickbaity headline that we could put on this on this podcast and and write an article about yeah you gained this tim we could let's give this to the rest of the gang and see if they can run with it oh boy um but uh, another quote I want to talk about here is taking a look at the defense because one thing is, in the concern of, or maybe I guess before I get to this, um, Nick Birch brought up a, a great point here and like he was talking about stuff on on Twitter. Um, another awesome writer um, and, and worker with the Mile High Report. I I love everything that he brings. So go ahead and check out his stuff. Of course, find that over at MileHighReport.com. Um, but he was kind of talking about the, the coaching. I um, mean, how why they should fire Hackett now, and one of the um, kind of counterpoints sims, while a lot of people argued, is um, was mostly that he hasn't lost the belief of his locker room and of the players, so you should keep him. That's like that's like their big thing there, what a lot of people are pushing back uh, against the whole fire Hackett notion, um, and I think that's pretty null and void when how. What, what, just, you're abysmal. You're just not an NFL head coach. You could be a coordinator somewhere else. And I hope, I really hope just for career-wise, this whole thing, this this is a Broncos head coach that, he, let's be real, if he makes it through the end of the season, he's going to be gone on Black Monday. That, that's probably best case scenario for him right now as, as, as a person. And I, I believe he could have success as a coordinator, especially with a little bit more time in the league. I hope that this doesn't just totally ruin his chances at a coaching position in the NFL. I don't think he's deserving of that. He's not deserving to be an NFL head coach, not anytime soon. But in terms of coordinator, maybe position coach, um, I hope Hackett's able to get a job once he's done here with the Denver Broncos. Um, and totally just doesn't take him. But also, one thing I was saying before I get to the uh, Jones Griffith um, quote is the whole. Has he lost the locker room kind of thing? And so I just want to take a look at defensive guy to see how they're feeling because you got to be so frustrated. This defense is playing phenomenal football, but the offense can't. has only scored more than 16 points once this season and is the reason why this team is losing football games. Um, but linebacker Jonas Griffith said, on the team, still believing in one another. Uh, This is what he said. Quote, we know it's a team sport at the end of the day. You don't win games by just a defensive plan. You got to play well as a team and I think we, as a defense, could do better just by taking the ball away and maybe giving the offense more opportunities to score touchdowns. Now, he also talked about this in the same context where like, yeah, they should have had, they really could have had a defensive touchdown there with a scoop and score. So that was um, fairly just one of the, the the strip caused by DJ Jones, who uh, had two sacks in this game, by the way. So he played really well. Um, so it looks like at least in the press conference setting that they still are believing in each other, that they just haven't fallen apart yet. But if they haven't yet. It's probably going to happen soon. Like, honestly, as a person, as a player, you can only take this kind of stuff so so long when you're on that defense there. So I, I don't blame him there. Uh Will be interesting story. Of course, we're gonna be following on this one closely, at least until Hackett is fired, and even after that too. But one thing um, next we're gonna jump into here is just called historically bad. Now these are just a couple stats I want to take a look at that I can really tell where the Broncos are right now in terms of team history and franchise history. Um, so um, this a lot of stuff came from the great Joe Mahoney. He is another guy on this team that, that on this kind of My High Report staff that is just freaking awesome. And tons of awesome just statistical breakdowns. All of his articles are amazing and I really love all the stuff that he posts here because I can take it and use it for myself and be able to use these, these great talking points. He's just amazing at finding stats and um, going over the kind of this analysis and, and um, studies uh, statistical studies. He's awesome for this i love him um but he found that the 22 2022 broncos were tied for the second worst offensive output they have 100 points right now in franchise history through the first seven games they are tied with the 1992 and 1964 teams only the 1966 team was worse with 91 points and if we can remember one of the greatest offenses in the history of football the 2013 broncos team had scored Almost triple the amount of points had so far this year. They put up 298 through seven games. Like I said, the Broncos only have 100. And another thing here is that um, they can look at another tweet here uh, from also from Joe is, uh So the Broncos have... Um, Every other Bronco team in franchise history with a defense this good, so 150 points or fewer um, allowed through seven games, had a winning record. The Broncos have never had the defense this good paired with a offense this bad. And that that's thats the crazy thing here. So if you want to take a look. So right now, the Broncos are staying here in 2-5. I'll go through these, these other teams here. Um... Oh, yeah. Hey, look at that in chat. Thanks for following Dingo. You are awesome. Um, really appreciate you coming along for the right here. Big shout out to you. Um, but with these teams, the, the 150 points or fewer. Um, so. The Broncos, uh, three, two other times in history, the Broncos have allowed 115 points to, through this point of the season. Those teams that was in 2003 and 62. That um, 2003 team was five and two. That 62 team was six and one. Then a bunch of 13, twelves Um So just kind of going up through. Um, the Broncos typically were six and one. They were seven and zero oh in 2015. They gave up 112. They were six and one, five and twos, four and threes. Um, is is the worst one here besides the two and five and that was in 1976 where they only gave up 93 or um where they only gave up 93 points um so most of the time they're five and two or six and one at one time they were seven and oh um and so this just goes to show you just how historically great this defense is in terms of franchise history and even NFL history. Uh, no, no, sorry. I'm not going that far. They're not even the best this season. So just franchise history through the first seven games. And right now, and, and look at those, if you want to take a look at point differentials as well, um, here, what I'll do is um, he has a great uh, picture here. So I'll just go ahead through this link in the chat for you guys so you could take a look at it uh, for yourselves. Um, just kind of going from... Uh, just a uh, pro football reference. I, I believe this is on. So the point differential is insane. So the Broncos right now have a minus 15 point differential, um, and at points they had largest of like 102 in 1997. Oh, 1997. oh I miss it. I miss it. Wasn't even live for that team, and I still miss it because man, they were so good. Uh, 1997, when they only gave up 70 points for the first uh, seven games, they had a 78 point um, point differential. The lowest one they had was a 79 with nine. Um, so it just it, it, it's just bad. It's just historically bad, and it's really curious to see that as well and one of the funny things is this team is really similar to the 1971 team where the Broncos started 2-4-1 and and they scored 105 points and allowed 120 points. Um, They also only had one game where they scored more than 20 points. Sounds like the Broncos team who is currently 2-5. 100 points scored, 115 points against So same point differential there, and they only have one game where they've scored more than 16 points so far this season. So, more proof that the world operates on a circle. History is not flat. It is a circle, and everything just repeats itself. And this time, we're just repeating ourselves after about 50 years. Cool. Cool. Good job, guys. Great stuff. Uh, but before we get to like the last little bit of the latest news that I have for you guys, just want to take a look at some of these players. Um, i going to take a look at the trading block. Of course, um, Tim Lynch put on a uh, put up an article um, about an hour before we went live, I think, over at milehighreport.com, just going into um, the players that the Broncos have on trade calls for, potential compensation, potential teams that they can go to as well. So I just want to do a quick overview. I was going to do um, mine, just kind of what I think it pro- is decent compensation for these teams uh, or for these players, um, and also my hopeful compensation for the, for the Broncos, um, but to get the super more in-depth and honestly better analysis on this. Going over my dot right now and um, and go ahead check that article. In fact, what I can do as well is you know what I'm just going to find that article. Just going to uh, find that article and we're going to link that one in the chat. So there you guys go. You can find that one right there. It's time for the Broncos to have a fire sale. Oh, the headline hurts. I don't know if I fully agree, but also I I can't really deny it that one as well so one of the uh, first players I want to take a look at is Bradley Chubb who's currently having his best um, season so far Um, and this is probably a guy where I see realistically um, I'm trying to take my fan hat off and put on maybe like the GM hat of another team I could see the Broncos getting a second round pick for Bradley Chubb to actually get into the second round um, this year is a fan. I would love a first-round pick for Bradley Chubb. I do not think that's going to happen, though. I would be a little bit disappointed if the Broncos get a third. Only managed to get a third for him, um, especially for the, the McGowan is a first-rounder. He's having a great season so far. Tons of potential. I think a second-round pick is is decent there. Um, now, the next guy that they're talking um, about being traded is KJ Hamler. Um, now, this is a guy where, honestly, as a fan and as a fan of his, I hope he gets traded because he was so visibly, Visuably? Visually? Vi- visually. Visu- he looked frustrated. <laughs> he looked frustrated in yesterday's game. Clearly, he was frustrated in that loss to the Colts. We all saw that. Um, and probably frustrated against the Chargers as well. So, this is just... In offense that isn't boding well for him, this is—he's not being put in like everyone else. He's not really being put in a position to succeed. I would want him to go somewhere else where he could really be util- utilized and take the roof off a of defense, like a legit offensive coordinator and coach and play caller would be able to do with him. I think they can get a fourth-round draft pick for KJ Hamler. Um, On to Alberto um who. Has had his uh, second consecutive um, healthy scratch. Um, of course, Greg Dulcich playing instead of him. Uh, you got Andrew Beck and, and Eric Sabert um, going in as well. I I like that, those three, um, especially Greg. Uh, he, he's, he's been exciting to me the last couple weeks that he's been um, able to play. So for Albert O, given that the Broncos don't really use him and given the fact that he can't block and he's had issues with drops or just getting onto the field in general – I can see the Broncos getting a fifth-round pick for Albert Oh, Real, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a sixth, though. Um, and one of the last guys that uh, is getting calls for uh, from other teams in terms of trades is going to be Jerry Judy. Now, this is uh, um, one where I'm kind of torn. I- I'm honestly, I'm cool with. I am okay with trading the other three guys. I am okay with him trading Bradley Chubb as well, considering that he's going to be a free agent um, after this season. And so it makes more sense if he maybe gets some compensation for him now. Um, but Jerry Judy, this is a guy where honestly I would prefer to keep, um, especially because it looks like... like- this has clearly been... His, easily has been his best season yet. I think he could be a great component to this Broncos receiving core. Um, if we especially trade away KJ, it's going to be Judy. That has to be kind of that that spark and electrical um, kind of receiver. He was a first-round draft pick, of course, too. So, uh, right now, I think the value for Judy would be a third-rounder for him. Um, it would be great to get a second-rounder. Um but I, I think I, I think a third would be fair, um, and probably what a lot of um, GMs are going to be offering for him. So that, that's kind of my guess there. Um, and we could just go ahead and say that KJ Jerry, Jerry are going to be going to Green Bay because they really need um, wide receiver help. So. Out of these four players, with with Chubb, Hamler, O, and Judy, um, I want them to trade away Albert O. I would be okay if they trade away Bradley Chubb, and I want them to k- trade away KJ Hamler, not for, um, pretty much just for his own benefit. And I would like for them to hold on to Jerry Judy unless they're able to get a solid second-round pick for him. Uh, that's probably the only reason I think if if they're only offering third or less I would like to hold on to him uh, because he's a guy that could really develop into being a successful wide receiver um, and he's not going to be able to command too much money when it comes to contract extension and uh, won't be taking much of a hit on the cap space there but pretty much the last thing uh, we're going to be talking about here is I'll take a look, see if anything else has popped up. But pretty much the only kind of big kind of news coming out of the Broncos from last night's game in, in from then to now is that the Broncos have signed Marlon Mack off the uh, 49ers practice squad, you know, previously on the Colts, among other teams. Um, so the Broncos pick up a back. So that pretty much kind of tells us about Mike Boone. Um, And the the fact that he is probably going to be on the IR, I'm guessing the Broncos are looking to bring on uh, Marlon Mack and or he just will be missing this game in London. That that's what how kind of my take off of this one. And so hopefully hopefully for good news on on Marlon Mack, but that's pretty much the the, one of the only things can we have here um, from the Broncos as of now um in fact the broncos might um, might get some russell wilson news uh probably expect to see some players get traded sooner rather than later as well but that's pretty much going to do it for today's live stream um thank you guys so much for tuning in catching us live if you if you caught us live you are awesome. But if you're just catching me with the replay of this live stream over on Twitch, that's twitch.tv forward slash M-H-R underscore live. Um, you're just is awesome as well. Or if you're listening to the audio version of this over anywhere you catch your podcast from, thank you just so much for tuning in. Um, it truly is a pleasure to be able to uh, have you guys actually want to listen to my voice and what I have to say. It doesn't happen all too often. Uh, so I really appreciate you guys. But of course, you can find Mile High Report everywhere. You can find, us, of course, at milehighreport.com. If you're in the chat right now, those um, that has been linked. Um, you can find us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Mile High Report. You can find yours truly over on Instagram directly. i um, running the thing there. Um, and so anything you want to talk about, hit me up. I will be there. I'm there to respond. I'm always looking through the comments and stuff like that. Um, So doing my best uh, just to I'll do my best to catch everything that you guys might have for me. Uh, You're not being ignored. I promise. Of course, you can find um, uh, me live here pretty much 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time every Monday. Um, This is going to be over on Twitch. Um, And of course, you can find I got podcasts coming out um, on Mondays and on Thursdays, occasionally a Saturday um, and articles. Dropping um, hopefully a couple a week. With sorry, gonna get some work going after this on the the power rankings before tonight, and then um, subsequent new article involving some overreacting as well. So go ahead, um, check that one out. But thank you guys so much for, uh, for uh, tuning in. Go ahead and follow if you haven't already, and we'll see all of you. Uh, maybe you can hear me on Thursday. Um, at least you can see this pretty not-so-pretty face uh, next Monday. Hope you guys have a great week, um, and let's just do our best to find something to be positive about when it comes to Denver Broncos. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you soon.